This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Your Money on Business Radio. Hello, welcome back. You're listening to Your Money, SiriusXM, Channel 132. Uh, business Radio, that's part of the Wharton School. I'm Kent Smith, professor here at the Wharton campus in Philadelphia. Uh, we're live every Tuesday. It's from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern. That's 2 to 3 p.m. for those of you on the West Coast. And the purpose of the show is simply to help you make better decisions with your money. So you know the drill. Now it's the time to give me a call here at one eight four four wharton just like the school, W-H-A-R-T-O-N. That's one eight four four nine four two. 7866. Well, uh, you can ask me anything about your 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 money. That's the show's name. And uh, you can also connect with me uh, online. I've rebuilt the website, uh, kentonmoney.com. I'll be blowing it out with much, a lot more content over the next few months. Uh, but already, there's a list of uh, hundreds of financial advisors on that website that pre screened for my approach to, of course, fee only. Remember, we only, uh, we memorize only fee only, not fee based. With that, let me use uh, my next guest, Emily. I'm hoping to get the last name right, Perdon, Perdon, and uh, who's a fee-only uh, advisor with a financial planning uh, network called XY uh, Planning Network, uh, organization of fee-only advisors, uh, really focused on uh, Gen X, Gen Y. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you so much, and yeah, you definitely nailed the name, Perdon. Perdon, all right. Makes me sound a little bit more fancy, though, so I'm not mad about it. <laughs> Yeah, I try, try to give it some of the, the the French, you know, twist to sure, it. A little flair. Yeah, yeah. So you're thinking uh, you, you focus a lot on uh, kind of younger people. I mean, what are some of the the big issues that you know younger people are facing in uh, you know maybe just coming out of college? Let's say, let's take that as a use case. Coming out of the college, you know, get that first job. Maybe have some student debt. Uh, it just often the question is, where do I even get started? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, to clarify, you know, I am the financial planning and process coach. So acting as a consultant for our 1,100 fee-only financial planners on the network. I was previously a financial advisor, though, so definitely happy to attack this question. And I, I would say, you know, it's exactly how you framed it, right? Where do you get started? What do you do? And, you know, I think having the access to a financial planner, not just you know, someone in your family to give you some financial advice is always the best first step because they've seen people that are facing exactly the issues that you're facing, right? And I think sometimes you're coming out of college and you think, wow, I'm the only one facing, maybe I didn't get employed right after graduation. I have all of these horrible student loans. I need to pay for an apartment, right? And so all these decisions. And it's really great to have a financial planner to bounce those ideas off of because they can help you prioritize the number one thing that you should be doing first, which is usually just establishing a budget. It's a basic rule, but something that a lot of us fail to do because we don't really know where to get started. Yeah. Yeah. And so, certainly uh, figuring out where your money goes, maybe doing some budgeting early on. Of course, people often get fatigued of that and you know, often stop doing it after a while. So I try to get people to kind of automate their saving as, as much as possible. Speaking of which, you know, one of the first stops that we always think about is the emergency 
you know, a, account. I mean, there's all these trade-offs that are happening. They have to build up some emergency account. Maybe they have some student debt. Maybe they're getting some free money if they put money into their 401k. Uh, given those tra- those trade-offs, what, what kind of emergency account do you usually uh, kind of recommend for kind of a, a new college graduate? So they'd be going for like three months of expenses, six months, what do you usually think? Yeah, you hear all sorts of rules of thumb, right? And so you definitely just covered the the typical emergency fund is three to six months. But I will say it's, it's a number that you feel like you could pay your bills if something happened to you, right? So in case of job loss or, you know, all of a sudden you find yourself with a new apartment opportunity that you want to take advantage of. And so I think a, a thousand to two thousand dollars honestly goes a long way if you're right out of college. Uh, of course, you know, it's funny because we're all taught save for retirement. And uh, you you hit that too, is make sure you're at least getting that free money from your employer, right? That's step one, get that done. And after that, I think it's so great when you can automate your savings. And a a good way to do that is put a few percent, right? Five to 10% of your income, funnel it right to a savings account that you don't even see. If you don't see it, you can't spend it, right? And right. so I think that having that automatic savings, both for retirement and an emergency fund, is probably the best way to go about that. Yeah, and it, it, it's, it's speaking, you know, so it, it definitely you know, that, that emergency account, I prefer, you know, people, in fact, uh, try to automate that saving into, and like you said, not your checking account, but maybe an online savings account, out of sight, out of mind, a little bit higher interest rate. Um, and then after that point, kind of getting your free money, at least in the 401k. And at that point, maybe turn it over to some of the student debt uh, issues. Um, and, and so what have you found amongst younger people or your advisors have found amongst younger people? There's a big debate. You know, uh, it certainly we usually will prioritize if you're getting a 50% or 100% match on your 401k. K or four or three B, definitely go for that. You know, first make the you know. But if you have money left over, you can make more than minimum payments on the student debt. Big debate: whether you should do the interest uh, rate ranking approach or kind of the snowball approach. Interest rate ranking, of course, you pay off the highest interest rate ones uh, uh, more quickly, making the minimum payments on the other ones, and just work your way down. Eventually, as you pay them off, the snowball is more of that psychological win of paying off the smaller mm-hmm. ones first. I mean, if you found with uh, Younger, and of course, you know, mathematically, the interest rate ranking is kind of the, <laughs> the best approach. I always think it's part of the advisor's job to convince people to do it's what really in their best interest. But you know, there's there is this argument that some people need these psychological wins to take any action at all, otherwise, they're just not going to take any action. Have you guys found kind of any type of what works best with younger people? Yeah, I love this question. So uh, when I wear my financial planner hat, of course, exactly what you said, interest rate, highest interest rate. I mean, you'll see things like 20%, right? So financial planner hat says, pay that off first, because that's, that's just compounding. And it's absolutely, you know, could be detrimental, etc. But I've seen the impact of the snowball effect, uh, you know, be more effective. And the reason is, is it's a behavioral thing. If you feel like all of a sudden, maybe you had five different loans, you paid off two, even if those balances were $2,000, $3,000, you pay them off, all of a sudden you're feeling good, you're feeling accomplished, you're feeling motivated. And honestly, those motivators are way more impactful than having an advisor say, pay off the higher interest rate, low, right? And so I definitely think that the snowball effect can uh be more impactful, but always think about client preferences, right? right? Because if you're working with a client who crunches numbers, 
they're probably going to go for higher interest rates. That's just how their brain works versus someone who's a little bit maybe more anxious about loans, more anxious about debt. And they might feel a little bit more inspired chunking things off and, and feeling uh, like they're making some progress. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's, uh, it's obviously very client specific. And, uh, you know, I, I always still think it's the divider's job to try to get you know, people around their behavioral biases that, you know, limit their their progress and you know where they're, they're not necessarily doing the right thing like timing the market you know and and things like that but nonetheless you know if it's if it's getting them to do something versus nothing if that's what it requires i imagine in some cases you know the snowball uh approach that does make sense and, and finally you know a big question for younger investors uh, in their 403 or 401k is or you know even outside of that is you know should be they, they doing traditional versus Roth and we often think you know Roth makes a little bit more sense for for younger uh, people I mean is that kind of the, the direction that you know uh, advisors in your network tend to push younger people or is it more um, you know is there so some mixture your thoughts yeah, I would say, you know, I would say that there's probably a good mixture. And of course, that's that's because our advisors are working with clients that look and are different, right? And so, you know, income, current tax bracket, there's all sorts of financial yeah. uh, you know, decisions that factor in. But I would say uh, in general, you know, if we're really looking young 20s right out of college, it, it more often than not is a Roth IRA. Um, of course, you know, there's phase outs and limits and issues sure. things like that. But a Roth within a 401k is usually a good strategy. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, though, you know, is if an employer is matching, they're actually matching on a traditional right, pre-tax that's right. basis. Right. And so that's kind of a funky, a funky thing for people to wrap their heads around. So just a, another layer of uh, something to think about. There. Yeah. I mean, the reason why they have to do that is really have tax law. It's a tax deduction from their their perspective, and so they want to do it on pre mm-hmm. uh, pre tax income, and so yeah, that's a it, you know, it's a really important point. And we often think of you know Roth as uh, I call it the barbell and age strategy. Younger people typically, like you said, mm-hmm. unless they're just going gangbusters out of college with super high income, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's the Roth because they're likely going to have a higher marginal tax during uh, the required minimum distributions now at age seventy two. Uh, but you know, if they also retire later on before age seventy two, doing some conversions during those low tax years, off often, yeah, certainly makes uh, a, a lot of sense. Uh, okay, Emily, fantastic. Uh, anything? Uh, lastly, any anything in the horizon that excites you in terms of what well, policy changes? I mean, I don't. Uh, maybe let's just end it here. Your quick thoughts, and there is a right and wrong answer here. Secure Act, good good idea or bad idea? And the right answer is bad idea, but go ahead. Give, give me your... <laughs> you know, I was going to say bad idea. I was actually going to quickly add in, you know, I, I love the way that you introduced the show just a few minutes ago. Yeah. And uh, I will mention the, you know, network, the XY Planning Network specifically, being the leading organization for fee-only financial advisors that do want to serve Gen X and Gen Y peers, also millennials, you know, without product sales and asset minimums is just huge. It is huge for the industry because we're basically redefining financial planning. And I think that it's something people don't realize, you know, your listeners, you can engage with one of our advisors for $150 a month. And then all of a sudden, you're getting wonderful financial advice. You're getting an accountability partner. Um, it's just really awesome right. to be a part of a, so, a movement right. that just wasn't there 20 right. years ago. All right. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah.
Thanks for having me. All right, take care. And uh, again, uh, that that was Emily Perdon. He was with the XY uh, Planning Network. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 